We're going to be talking about the sound of rain. And I think, I think something's going to happen here today. Something good. I think God wants to speak to you. We have, uh, we have a new series coming up next week about faith. But this week is kind of an open theme. So I get to just preach whatever, whatever I feel the Holy Spirit saying. And, uh, but next month is gonna be exciting, September. So I'm gonna give you like a little sneak preview of what's on in September. We're gonna be launching our new series uh, on faith. It's called The Faith-Filled Life. And we wanna talk about faith in your everyday life, not faith just on a Sunday, hello, but faith on a Monday. Who needs who knows who knows they need faith on a Monday? You know you wake up on Monday. We need faith on a Monday. Tuesday's okay. Wednesday, we need some more faith. Friday, we don't need any help because we're just excited for the weekend. But we, we want to talk about faith for your everyday life. Faith is not meant to be this Christian thing over there. It's meant to be a part of who we are. And God wants to infuse your life with faith every single day. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so we wanna talk about how do I grow my faith for everyday life? It's gonna be awesome. We have Jamie Malcolm. You do know Jamie Malcolm? Does anyone know, you know Jamie? You're gonna love him. We've got Katie Haldane. We've got healing service on the first next week. And we have Father's Day next Sunday. It's a great opportunity to bring your dads um, let's celebrate all the men of the house, amen. And let's really celebrate men. Sometimes men can get a hard time and we wanna celebrate fathers and celebrate the men of our house. So we're gonna do that. It's gonna be awesome. And I'll be preaching. We've got Pastor Phil, Night of Power on the 15th, 5 p.m. here. So we've got all our West locations. We're gonna have an incredible time. And uh, we, we do believe in the power of God. So I hope you are ready. Um, think of people you could bring, maybe people to the healing service, Night of Power, people who need a miracle. That'd be a great opportunity to bring them along. On the 29th, we have our team gathering just for our location. So we'd love you to come along, hear the vision and see what part you can play, like Ash was saying, to come and get involved. Amen. You good? Talk to me. You good? You ready for the Word? Can we thank the band? Aren't they amazing? Guys, Evangeline, you stay though, you stay. Yeah, you don't go. I, didn't, I, I said the band, not the keys, all right? I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. You are part of the band. It's lovely. Oh, taxi, all right, something fell. Um, let's pray for them who have fell over. Heal them right now, Jesus. Good to have Aaron Gallagher, part of our Sydney. You're staying. Yeah, yeah. Are we, is this, are we having an argument in front of the whole church? You stay right there. You don't go anywhere. Amazing. We're gonna turn to the book of Kings. Any kings in here? Come on, here we go. Kings and queens. We'll turn into the book of 1 Kings 18. 41 to 46. I'm reading from the NIV, the New International Version. I'm going to read it and then we're going to preach. It says in verse 41, And Elijah said to Ahab, 
Ahab was the king, Elijah was the prophet, the man of God. And Elijah is talking to Ahab and he says, hey, Ahab, go, eat and drink. For there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Just kind of strange. But interesting that at the sound of rain, there's two responses. There's the response of the world and there's the response of the people of God. And Elijah responds and he puts his face between his knees. And he says to his servant, go and look toward the sea. The servant went and looked. The servant said, there is nothing there. Seven times, not one time. You know, like one rep in the gym, like you go to the gym and you just one time, that's not gonna help you. One time. Yeah, but I went to the gym this year, one time. Elijah said, go back. Everyone say, go back, go back. Come on, say, go back. Go back. Elijah did this seven times, not six times, seven times. Seven is the number in the Bible that represents completion. It represents the hand of God. Number six represents the end of man, the end of man's effort, the end of man's ability. And some days I feel like I'm on six and I'm waiting for that seven. But I had to go through one, two, three, four, five, six to get to seven. The servant had to look six times to get to seven. He didn't arrive at seven on his own. He had to go six times back to get to seven. Seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, good, that'll do us. Go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Before the rain stops you? Like, what? No, no, Elijah, I don't think you heard me. There's a rain cloud the size of a man's hand. Have you ever looked up into the sky and noticed a rain cloud the size of a man's hand? No, because you can't see it. It's very small. But here the servant, he's on six times and he just can't go back to Elijah. And he said, oh, there's a there's something it's small, but it's something. And so he tells the king, go, get ready. And meanwhile, the, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, a heavy rain started falling and Ahab rose off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, like a good schoolboy, he ran ahead of Ahab, who was in a chariot. Yeah. He ran ahead of the chariot. God can get you to where you need to go. If you'll do things the way He's asking you to do it. If you, if you have to outrun a chariot, God will enable you. If you need to deal with conflict, God will enable you. If you need to deal with something in your life, 
If you do it God's way, He will make the impossible possible. So Elijah ran ahead and Elijah said to Ahab, no, he didn't, I'm done. Lord, speak to us. God, let this Word come alive. Give us ears to hear the sound of rain. Lord, we thank You for this great church. We thank You for Pastor Phil and Pastor Chris and all we're a part of. In Jesus' Name. They all said, Amen. Evangeline, you may now go. Everyone thank Evangeline. So here we've got the people of God and Elijah, he's the man of God. He's the, the, the man God uses to speak to the people. And he goes to the king and says, go on. Prior to this moment, Elijah has been with God's people who have been worshipping idols. And an idol is anything created thing that becomes more important to us than God. Idolatry sounds like a really bad word, but idolatry is simply when I worship something that God created above the one who created it. Idolatry is when I put things above God. This is what they had done. They had started relying on things, on idols, on pictures of, of idea gods that they made that were comfortable to them. And they started to worship them and started worshiping God. And because of it, there was a drought in the land. Because worship and provision are connected. Whenever I get my worship wrong, I'll find that I get out of the provision of God. Whatever I worship, I come under, right? So when I come under something, I'm now relying on that thing to provide. When I come under money, that is now what I'm relying on provision. But Matthew 6 verse 33 says, Seek first His kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. And so the people of God had lost sight of God and had started worshipping the wrong thing. And because they were worshipping the wrong thing, the provision that came from God dried up and there was a drought in the land. You ever been in a dry place? Come on, talk to me. You ever been in a dry place? You ever been in the desert? Yeah, the desert, dry, it needs water. We've got farmers who are working through the drought in different places, it's terrible. Rain is necessary and there's land that's dry, but I've found that you can have a dry soul. You could live in the desert, but have a heart that's alive. You can live in a place that is gorgeous like Sydney, but have a soul that's in a drought. And we have a lot of people in this world and a lot of people in this city who are living with the drought on the inside, going to and fro, looking for water, but never finding it, not finding it in money, not finding it in sex, not finding it in popularity, not finding it in fame, not finding it in just work, not finding it, looking for water, panting, desperate, in a drought, 
but they just don't know where to drink. They've been going to the wrong place. And so what we gotta, what we gotta catch here today is there is rain for your soul. You do not need to live in a dry place. And I feel like Elijah, I can hear the sound of rain. Prophetically over this location, over this city, I can hear a sound. And it's not the sound of a drought, it's the sound of rain. God is bringing rain and rain represents the Spirit of God. It represents the water of the Word, which is like the Spirit of God. Who likes rain? You like rain? Come on, talk to me. You like rain? I love rain. Who likes the sound of rain? Hang on a second. What is that? It sounds to me like the sound of rain. Yeah, put some volume on that. Yeah. Who likes to sleep to the sound of rain? Isn't it beautiful? I love going to sleep to that sound. It's a sweet sound. The sound of rain brings peace, you know? I just love the sound of rain on the roof. But we need to understand that rain is meant to surround us. Your life is meant to be surrounded, not by just earthly rain, but by spiritual rain. God has not designed you to live in a drought. He's designed you to live surrounded by the sound of rain. But some of us, are living outside of that sound. Living in a drought. Living in a place where we hear negative things that are drying up our faith, drying up our hope, drying up our vision, drying up our purpose. What are you listening to? What, what's the sound? When you go to sleep, what voices are you listening to? How much Netflix? How much Stan? How much people and their opinions are you listening to? Because those sounds are not like rain. They will dry up your soul. But when you start to listen to faith and listen to hope, and surround yourself with people who love you and surround yourself with the Word of God. It's like rain for your soul, church. You need to surround. Philippians 4 verse 8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, or praiseworthy, think about such things. To be a thriving tree, you need to surround yourself with the sound of rain. Now, rain is something we need every day for our souls. And this is what Elijah was experiencing. He, he, was a, he could hear it, but not yet see it. So when you can hear the sound of rain, sometimes there's a gap between hearing it 
and seeing it. I can hear the sound of revival. I can hear the sound of young families in the house of God. I can hear the sound of teenagers worshiping. I can hear the sound of people walking into next step. I can hear the sound of connect groups starting on every street corner. I can hear the sound of community. I can hear the sound of two morning services. I can hear the sound of 300 people here every 10 a.m. I can hear the sound of worship that's on fire. I can hear the sound of old Christians who are unafraid, who are not ashamed of the Gospel. I can hear it. Now I've got to live in the gap between hearing and seeing. Hearing and seeing. And God, He'll bring the sound if you'll go to Him, but then He says, tag, you're it. Now that you've heard It's your job to now bring it into reality. Elijah heard it, but he still had some work to do, right? Right? He still had some things to do. He could hear it, but before he could see it, he had to act. And we're gonna look at what did Elijah do? What did he do when he heard the sound of rain? What did he do? And I believe this is for us, that when we're hearing the sound of rain, we need to respond like Elijah. And Elijah did this. He awkwardly, strangely put his face between his knees. You ever done that? Yeah. You pray like that? Elijah, he hears the sound and then he closes his eyes. He can hear something, but to see what he's hearing, he had to shut his eyes. He had to close off what was happening around him so he could see what he was hearing. And sometimes in life, I need to shut off distraction that is around me. What, what do you need to shut off? It's not always just about what do you need to start doing? What do you need to stop doing? What do you, what do you need to just close your eyes? And I'm not talking about being ignorant or being naive. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about getting your focus right. And he heard the sound and then he closed his eyes. He could hear something was happening, but he closed his eyes. He went to prayer. Elijah went to prayer. When you hear the sound, it's time to shut your eyes. I've found that uh, what I see in front of me is one thing. It often represents the facts, but the truth of what God is saying is often found when I close my eyes. Pastor Phil, in birthing our church, he would go to the paddock, which is now Oxford Falls, no building there. And he would walk out into the paddock and he would walk among the reeds and he'd be walking around like a crazy man, talking to himself, yelling at the sheep, prophesying, but he would stand at the reeds, close his eyes, and he'd start to preach. He'd start to preach to the reeds. But it wasn't that he was preaching to the reeds, he was preaching to people that he could see. He just had to close his eyes. Come on, what do you need to start seeing? Come on church, you're with me? What do you need to start seeing? Stop looking at your bank account, start praying. 
Stop looking at how your kids are messing up. Start praying. You can hear the sound of young people who have a great purpose and calling for their life, who are gonna do something great with their life. In the gap, first, close your eyes. Go to prayer. What is it that you need? What is it that you need breakthrough in? What is it? What are you hearing? I remember... I so badly wanted to start a connect group. I, I just so badly wanted to have a connect group and I, I was desperate and I, I just went and started a connect group. I just went and did it. And it was the worst connect group ever. It was terrible. It was shocking. And I was talking about Moses dying on the cross and I, was, I just had all, which by the way is bad theology. I, I had, I had, I, I, But I found that God said, I didn't actually ask you to start that one. That group wasn't the group I asked you to start. So I went back and I closed my eyes and I prayed and I said, God, who? Show me who. The beautiful thing about connect groups is God has some specific people for you. We are not, it's not one person gonna reach everybody. That's not what is gonna happen. But you can sit with your connect group in church. You can find commonality with 10, 12 people. You know what? Jesus did it that way, right? Come on, talk to me. Jesus chose 12, creator of the universe, chose 12 people to invest His life into. Who is your 10? And what 10 are you a part of? Who's that? group that you're connected to. And I found I had to close my eyes to ask God. Every time you come to church, you could close your eyes before you get here and say, God, who? Who's the one? Because sometimes we get caught up in trying to talk to everybody, but who's the one? Who's the one here today? At work, who's the one? In my family, who's, who's the one person today I need to give, bring this word to? But you've got to close your eyes so you can see. And this is what Elijah did. He closed his eyes. He shut off distraction. And then he had, he had his servant coming and telling him an opposite report to what he was hearing and now seeing. The servant came back and said, no, there's no rain. There's nothing happening. And Elijah said, shut up. Go back. Look again. Servant comes back. Hey, Elijah, Elijah, I went again and uh, good news or bad news, nothing. Shut up. (laughs) Go back. He goes, comes back. Still no rain. Shut up, bro. Go back. And he goes back and he comes back, does this six times. Have you heard of, have you heard of the walls of Jericho? You heard of those? Come on, church, you heard of that? The, wall, the walls of Jericho, um, Joshua, he's just taken over from Moses. Moses was the boss dog leading the people. And then he tagged Joshua, you're now the leader. And Joshua gets the word from God to march around the walls of Jericho. Now he has a whole group of soldiers and God says, march. I said, soldiers, not a band. 
not a school band, soldiers, warriors, people who are, are prepared for war, prepared to fight. And God says, hey, Joshua, I want you to march. So Joshua says, okay. So he starts marching. He says, all right, everybody, gather round. Come on, team. He's got a team huddle and he got the crew. He said, hey, this is what we're gonna do. I got a strategy. I'm a leader. I got a plan. It's gonna be amazing. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna march. We're gonna march around the walls. Everyone's like, sorry, what? We're gonna march. No, and then kill them? Fight? No. We're just gonna march. And so they start marching and they walk around the walls of Jericho and they go round, around. Day one, they walk around and then they say hi to June and then they walk around and they're walking and they're doing laps, bro, around the walls and they think they're gonna win doing laps. Can you imagine being a soldier? Like you come home to your wife and your kid. Hey, honey, how was the day? It was really good. It's great. What'd you do? Well, we marched. Okay, interesting. Yep. And your son's like, yeah, daddy, who'd you kill? You know, come on, you're awesome. You're the man. Oh, no, son. We just marched. We're warming up. We're just doing some laps and then we're just gonna wipe them out. It's all good, it's all good. Day two, come home. Honey, how'd you go? You still marching? Yes, yes we are. Third day, same thing. Honey, please tell me you fought somebody today. No, no. Day four. Day five, day six. Can you imagine day six? Just walking around. I can't believe the, the army didn't leave. Say, Joshua, this sucks. I'm a warrior. I'm made to kill people. I'm made to fight, kill the enemy. And you got me marching. Marching. Nothing happening. And they're just marching. But on the seventh day, Little did they know that the seventh lap would produce what God had promised. Elijah was persistent. When you hear the sound of rain, when Elijah heard it, he went to prayer. Number one, number two, he was persistent. There is something to say about being persistent. Do not give up doing good. Do not grow weary doing good. Keep going, amen? Don't give up today. If you've got a word from God, if you've got a picture of something, keep marching, keep marching, keep walking, keep waking up, smiling, praying for your children. Keep waking up, going to work. Keep marching. Third thing that happened was Elijah he had the right perspective. It says the seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. 
as small as a man's hand. Do you know that God starts big things in a small way? The big thing that God has never looks like the big thing that God has. It always shows up as a seed. God's system is seed. God has never made a table, but He supplied the seed that became a tree that we then used to make a table. He supplies seed to the sower. God brings seed, it always starts small. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Come on church. It's small, it's the small things. And we get worried about trying to run a million miles, but all you need to do is just take one step. Elijah celebrated the small and then he acted on it. He acted on it. He acted on it. He acted on the small. What's the small thing in your life? Come on, you might've just just read one Scripture. Well done. Small. Jesus didn't come as a fully grown man. He came as a baby. But He was was the Saviour of the world, born as a child. Big things start small. Where do you need to start? What's the small thing that God is calling you to step into? What's the small step? And God's not angry at you for taking small steps. Just like a good parent isn't angry at their child for taking small steps, right? When they first start walking, parent isn't yelling at the child. Oh my gosh, sort it out. Just walk, what's wrong with you? Let's get it together. Come on, you're killing me. No, baby takes the tiniest little, and the, you parents think they're a flipping genius. Think they're gonna be a rocket scientist because they took a little step. We're like, oh my gosh, honey, children, get a camera. He took a step. I knew he was gonna be the Prime Minister of Australia. I knew he was amazing. He took a step, just a step, just one little step. That's how God feels when you just wake up and pray for 30 seconds and it's just that first step. That's how God feels when you just start reading your Bible a little more than you were. That's how God feels when you keep turning up and being faithful. That's how God feels when you pray for your friends and you reach out to people. That's how God feels when you invite one person to come to church. He's like, oh, Holy Spirit, Jesus, angels, everybody, look. They took a step. The right perspective on your life is to see small as a big deal. The small is a big deal. And if you will treat what you have now as really important and significant, God will trust you with what's next. But He can't give you what's next if you can't look after what's now. If you can't make now a big deal, you won't make next a big deal. If you can't make now a win, celebrate it. He can't trust you with future wins. 
So Elijah, he did three things. What did he do? He went to prayer. He was persistent and he had the right perspective. Because church, I can hear the sound of rain. I can hear it. Ben, you can come join me. I can, I can hear the sound of people who have no hope finding hope. I can hear the sound of people like Tim and Kelsey and God using them. I see great purpose on your lives. I see that you actually called here and a gift from God to us. God wants to use you in a mighty way.